The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And then there were two. As in two undefeated teams left to begin the 2015 season. The 6-0 Detroit Tigers and your 6-0 KC Royals. As KC completely dismantles the Angels this weekend. It's Davo on your dish right here on Clubhouse Conversation and our special Sunday edition we'll do each and every Sunday all season long. We're joined live by Clubhouse Conversation insider Jake Lutz this and every Sunday. And we'll get to Jake here in one second. But first, let's do a quick rehash of how amazing this weekend was. So first of all, the Royals win by a combined score of 19-8 to after what, 21-7 to over the White Sox? What is that? 30 to 15. I'm not great at math. Something like that. The Royals outscoring opponents two to one so far, and they outplayed the Angels in every single facet of the game. You know, swept them last year in the ALDS. Now they come in and make a statement again as KC starts six and zero after another sweep, and even facing two of the best three Angels starters as well. The Royals did that. And our player of the game today is Alex Rios, definitely, who went three for five. With a double and two RBIs, we talked about it the other night, how Rios continues to have good at-bats. Tonight, he struck early in a couple of the at-bats, getting a big hit in the first pitch, his double. But yeah, two RBIs, three for five for Rios. Kendrys Morales, a special honorable mention as well, as he wore out his former team, the Angels, this weekend. He was two for five, and this one has been an on-base machine thus far. And our play of the game, too. Let's go over this real quick here, then we'll bring in Jake Lutz. Our play of the game actually involves Omar Infante and David Freeze in this one. The game is tied at one. It's the top of the second inning. Hot shot. I'll give Infante that. A, a screamer hit down to third base on one hop. But had Freeze gloved that ball cleanly, and we saw him make some terrific plays throughout this weekend. Had he gloved that cleanly, that's a double play, and the Royals score only one. The whole game could have been different at that point because it did take the Royals quite a while to get to C.J. Wilson again after that. But instead, Casey got a run there and a couple more. Ends up, after Alcides Escobar drives in a couple, going up 4-1. to one, And then from that point forward, Ventura and company got it done for the Royals. And speaking of Ventura getting it done, let's talk about that and so much more. Let's bring in Clubhouse Conversation insider Jake Lutz. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Davo. Couldn't be better after this weekend. How are you? Man. I mean, not even the weekend, just the whole week, Jake. Six yeah. and oh. <laughs> let's, let's start off by talking about your Dono Ventura today as once again... <laughs> You know, we, we get a scare at the end of his outing as he suddenly comes out. You know, game one, of course, it was the thumb cramp. Today it ends up being the calf, you know, the, the cramp there. But, Jake, were you pretty nervous like me when he didn't cover first base and you see him kind of, you know, under his under his breath kind of muttering and you see him walk off? I mean, were you a little bit nervous this time? Yeah, I was holding my breath just like I was, you know, on opening day when the thing happened with his hand and he looked like he was in so much pain. I'm just happy again that it was just a cramp and not, you know, something much more severe because – the last thing we need is to lose our ace this early in the season for any any time period at all. Yeah, so it's, it's a relief that it's just a, a cramp. He just needs to, you know, start eating more bananas or Gatorade or water, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Something. Good grief! But I mean, imagine when it gets to be like ninety-five degrees outside. Hopefully that'll, yeah. you know, hopefully it won't turn into some freak problem. Like you know, I'm sure you remember the old Jeremy Affelt blisters. Hopefully it's not some freak problem with cramps <laughs> right. for Ventura. But you know, again, we'll take cramps over you know elbow. You know, shoulder, any of those kind of injuries. Absolutely. Any day. Yeah. So, yeah, Ventura, I thought, threw the ball really well today. It was really pumping that strike zone early. The breaking ball, I thought, maybe the best command we've seen out of him. Let's talk about, Jake, that Ventura and Trout 
uh, near spar there late in the game in that sixth inning where, you know, Trout. So, I mean, we, we, you go back and you look at the replay. It does appear that Trout gets the knock and Matura just stares him down. It doesn't say anything. And then Trout at first base kind of takes exception to that. Kind of, you know, Hosmer gets in the way to kind of calm him down. Eventually he comes home and scores. And I mean, how did you see it? Do you, do you think both players were kind of in the wrong? Or what are your thoughts on the whole situation? I, I think so. I mean, I'm I'm not sure why Ventura was staring him down after that. I mean, it was a line drive hit right back up the middle, and Ventura kind of just stared at him, you know, the whole way to first, and it was kind of strange. But also then you look at Trout, and so he, there was no need for him to say anything when he scored there, you know, especially, especially when your team is losing by five runs like they were at that point. But the, I think both of them, I don't know why Ventura was staring. Maybe something had happened in the past that we don't know about. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah, the, there was Trout should also be class here. He didn't need to say anything. He just should have walked across home plate, maybe gave him a look, and then walked to the dugout. You know. Yeah, completely so I, agree. I think both teams could. Yeah, both players could have. There was no need for any of that to even be going on. I was uh, happy to see Salvador Perez, you know, in his leadership role, kind of. You know, he he must have what thrown him almost forty feet to get him back towards the pitcher's mound there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, and that's. That's a good. That's what good catchers do, right there. Yeah, especially one that's the team leader there, in Salvador mm-hmm. Perez. So you know, one good thing is the Royals do not go back out to L.A., Anaheim, Orange County, wherever the hell they call themselves these days. California, <laughs> they change that team name so much, but they will not be going back out there unless it's a playoffs this year. The Royals only see the Angels four more times, not till August. So it'll be quite a while. Uh, I, I think this is one of those things. I'll bury the hatchet. It'll be a long, you know, funny memory by then. Do you agree, or do you think this will lead to more next time the two teams face each other? I don't think so. I mean, I don't. I don't see Trout as the type of guy. First of all, typically, who you know is gonna. I just don't see this being. Yeah, I don't see it happening again. Anything like that. I think it'll be. It's a long time before we play them again at Kaufman later this year. And um, no, I think it'll be something where hopefully, you know, the next time they see each other, they'll, those two will, you know, be talking before the game, and it'll all be cleared up. Because I, I wouldn't read anything into anything in the future. Yeah, and it, also it would be a bad look for the Royals. You know, Trout's kind of the golden boy, one of the faces of Major League Baseball. So probably not a good look for the Royals. Not something they need any bad PR or anything like that either. Now, the bullpen in this one, uh, Jason Frazier, nice seeing him come out there, do the job again. And, Jake, we had a, a Chris Young sighting. Can you believe that? <laughs> I was excited to see him. You know, he threw the ball well, hopefully. Yeah. Um, it was good to see him out there in the Royals uniform. It's it's good to see that you got that long release guy there. That if you ever do have a starter, you know, miss a start, that he's going to be able to come in and fill in, you know, not right away. No, no setback at all. Yeah, and when he's thrown from the from the clouds, there, a former basketball player at Princeton, you know, he's you know, it's just like they always say, sneaky fast, you know. So that's exactly what he did. He looked good out there, pumped the strike zone, gave the Royals a couple innings. I'm still waiting for the KC debut of Franklin Morales as well, another guy, Jake, who could be a long reliever who started, albeit ineffectively, uh, last year. Another guy that we'll probably see one of these days. Maybe, maybe we'll see Eric Kratz on Tuesday. Maybe we'll see Dyson and Cologne, Jake. What do you think? Will they play this year? <laughs> I thought maybe today they'd get in there, you know, the at eighth inning. At some point, I mean, you think tomorrow prob- probably not. We'll have those same lineup. Then you got an off day on Tuesday. So, you know, maybe, maybe Thursday for the day game after a night game on Wednesday we may see Kratz or, or a few of those guys. But I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> At some point we're going to see him. Yeah. But 
<laughs> you would think. So, I mean, your overall thoughts then of week one. We, we're going to do something here called the True or False Five Pack with you. But before we get to that here, your overall thoughts and what you took most from this first week. Man, well, you really, I mean, really, uh, you couldn't have asked for anything better out of every asset of the game. I mean, the defense, you know, was fantastic. We see Kane. I don't even know how you can place the ball in center field without Lorenzo Kane catching it <laughs> right now. I mean, he, he covers that much ground out there. The defense was fantastic. You look at the starting pitching, they did exactly what they needed to do. In both series, the offense, the power was just ridiculous. I don't think that'll continue throughout the year, but I, but I think there are a lot. I think we don't realize how many of these guys actually are capable of hitting home runs, and they're, they're showing it early in the season. And, uh, and then the bullpen, of course, has been fantastic. I haven't even given up a run yet, so <laughs> it's been. It's. I mean, I, you couldn't have asked for a better first week. You, when we talked last week, I couldn't have imagined a six no start. No, 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 no. <laughs> now I didn't. I, I was hoping for four and two. Right. Yeah. I, I was gonna say we, we never asked you what you were hoping for though, but I think we both pretty much. I mean, it's pretty much just common knowledge. You hope for two out of three. So I mean, four and two. We both would have been ecstatic with four and two. Maybe even three and three, knowing that you had you know the tough Angels at least in theory. Although Jake, we'll talk about this for another day. But I I think the Angels may be a bit overhyped this year, especially. I mean, if if Jared Weaver is, is going to lose that much velocity all year long and it's going to be tough for him to get out if he you know if he misses it all in the middle of the plate and CJ Wilson to me is kind of getting to the point where he could be wishy-washy although he's throwing the ball pretty well mm-hmm. this year you know gave up three unearned runs today had a, a nice first start against the Mariners but I mean I know they get Richards back soon so I mean the team will get better they have you know the ability to add some more guys but I, I don't know that this team especially without Josh Hamilton albeit he wasn't great last year either when he was playing but you know, you look at some of the guys out there. I mean, they're a, a Pujols injury away or a Trout injury away. That lineup's not really as good as it was or doesn't seem as good as it did. I mean, even having – not to bash the guy, but even the fact that Johnny Givatella's playing every day kind of tells you that maybe their lineup isn't quite as good as people say it is. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, when you looked at their lineup last year, it was scary one through nine. I remember when we were playing them in the playoffs, which we handled their lineup very well. But now when you look at it, I mean, yeah, their six through nine is not that strong and – no Hamilton. I mean, yeah, you got Geo as their starting second baseman, and they just, yeah, they don't seem like a, the complete team that they were last year. They're definitely, I, I don't, I honestly am not sure they're even a playoff team. I don't think they are either. I don't think they are either. Especially, yeah. that, that's going to be a dogfight in that way. And I mean, I think I think Howie Kendrick was a huge loss for him, like you mentioned at second base yeah. there. Ab- absolutely, yeah. And starting pitching, like you said, Weaver with the, I mean, when you're throwing 83, 84, 85 on your fastball, there's such a small margin for error right there with your location and and we saw it yesterday every time he got a pitch up the royals took advantage of it yeah and, so, and the scouting reports yeah. out on that i mean it, it, there's only so many i mean it, it's also easier to do that if you're a left-hander you know being a crafty lefty mm-hmm. and there's guys like chris young who are kind of in the same realm of stuff but also chris young we're not leaning on him to be our ace either you know right yeah which is kind of a big difference there. So, okay, the true or false five pack then with Clubhouse Conversation Insider Jake Lutz. I have selected five questions, Jake. Are you ready to give me a true or false and why? Yes, I'm ready for it. Let's All right. go. Question one, the Royals' power. You kind of touched on this, but the Royals' power, is it for real, true or false? I think true. I think it is for real. Now, nine homers through the first six games is what we've seen. You know how long it took them last year to hit their first nine homers? 20-some games? 20, 24 games. They only hit 10 in April the entire month, and the season started earlier last year. Yeah, it did. <laughs> so, so, so you put that in, there's 
perspective, yeah, I think the power is real. I mean, you saw Perez had three already, Moose two, and then you got one from Osmer, Kane, Morales, and Rios. I think there's just there's a lot of guys who are capable of hitting. You know, we haven't seen in the past years, but the team is full of guys capable of hitting between 15 and 25 homers. And, you know, they're, they're getting – I think the difference is also they're just – they're a lot more. They seem to be a lot more selective this year. Mm-hmm. The great ABs, Morales and Rios, are both bringing you professional bats almost every single time they're up, and that's something that I didn't feel like we were getting out of Yogi and Butler last year. So, um, yeah, I, I think the power is for real. And until you know, they may. I think they're not going to keep up this pace that they're at right now. But I, I think they definitely have. You know, they're they're a scary lineup right now, one through nine. And I think it'll stay that way. Yeah, I mean, they're literally hitting home runs every single game, and we haven't even seen Alex Gordon get going yet. I mean, obviously, let's talk about him for a second. I mean, I think it's fair to say that maybe he's not 100% yet. We don't know exactly where he's at. I'm sure he's not going to use that as an excuse knowing Alex. And I'm, you know, but I, I'm betting he's probably only in the 85 to 80 percentile, and, and, you know, maybe his timing's not there. What, what have you thought? He looks almost lost in some of his, his you know, his bats so far this year, if I can spit it out there. <laughs> he, he does, and, and what people have got to understand is that his timing. Is, is a little off right now, and it's going to be off for a while because you think about it, he started spring training basically a month after everybody else started. So that's, you know, a month lost of getting the timing down and everything. That's what the spring is for. And that's definitely going to hurt him. I think, yeah, maybe the risk is not 100% yet either, but it's, it's going to take him a little while. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't expect a lot from him throughout April, but I think once he gets his timing down that he will get going too, so... I think we just got to be patient for the first few weeks with Gordon, and he'll get his timing down, and he'll get back and, and probably start hitting the way that we know Alex Gordon can hit. And also, Jake, you made a comment there that I think is really, really true, and I think the main reason we're seeing the big power surge as we have so far, and that's approach. That's the high quality of bats. That's the professional at bats. We're seeing guys lay off of, they're spitting on those breaking balls down when it's one and two and two and two. They're making them go to full counts. They're they're not swinging at the first pitch that's six inches outside. Now there's a few instances where we saw Escobar strike out first hit of the game today on a pitch like a foot outside. We saw Moose once last night can a ball in the dirt. But for the most part, I'm in particular thinking of the guys like the Mooses, like the Canes, like the Hosmers, who are really, I mean, even Perez has been taken. We've seen Perez have, I mean, way better at bats than we saw the second half of last year and I think you're right Jake I think that it's just a you know a vicious cycle you're wearing the pitchers down you're seeing more pitches you're making them throw more better chances for mistakes you're getting better chances to time them and eventually you're going to get a more hittable pitch absolutely and you see even it's all starts in the first inning too we've been getting the starting pitcher to throw around 20 pitches each inning it seems like in the in the first inning and that's yeah, they're just seeing a lot more pitches, and they're being selective, and when they're getting their pitches, they're not missing them right now. And and that's that's why you've seen the power results that we've had so far. I mean, I think, like you said, Perez looks like a completely different hitter than he did the second half of last year, the way he's he's looking at a lot more pitches. And and these guys are all working, you know, they're seeing more pitches, and they're getting themselves into favorable accounts. Uh, and that's why you're seeing them drive the ball more right now. Absolutely. So a true on the first question, the Royals' power is for real. Your second true or false question, the Royals are a more complete team than last year. Now, I'll, I'll make that question with uh, you know, uh, you know, a little asterisk by it for sample size because I, I understand it's only a week. And in the grand scheme, every team's probably going to have a 5-1 and one or 4-2 and two or 6-0 and a week, and every team's probably going to have a 2-4, right. and 1-5 and five week. So that being said, though, from what you've seen so far, in your opinion, are the Royals a more complete team than last year, true or false? I'm going to say true on this, too. And, you know, 
like it is a small sample size. We've only seen Edinson Volquez throw one time, and he was fantastic. And we hope to see more outings like that, you know, obviously replacing James Shields. We'll see how that goes throughout the year. But I think as far as, yeah, I think they're a more complete team, especially offensively because, like you said, you've got Morales and Rios who, through six games, are giving you a professional bat pretty much every single time they come to the plate. And that's not something I think you were getting last year out of Ioki and Butler. And it just, yeah, I think the team is, I mean, the way the lineup looks right now, the way the scene pitches, the way the defense, you know, not that it could be much better than it was last year, but so far they've been pretty much perfect. And, uh, you know, the bullpen has been unhittable. I, I would say yes. I, I think they are a more complete team right now. Jake, without even looking, this is, you know, we may we, we not know the answer to this. I probably shouldn't put us both in the spot like this. Do, do we only have one error so far? Wasn't there only a pickoff throw? Do we even have an error this year? I'm trying to think right now, real quick, besides this. I don't. I'm not sure there even was one through today's game that I can remember. That's that's um, the thing. I mean, you look at and people are so focused on the offense and the home runs that no one's talking about the fact that they're playing flawless defensively. You're right, though. I mean, even last year, you know, there were times where he'd make an error. It, it's rare to go a full week. I mean, I will double check that, but I'm pretty sure there's not been a, a true error. If there was, I feel like it was on a pick out, uh, a pickoff throw, maybe. But I don't think there was one. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I can't think of one, and you know they've obviously taken away a lot of base hits too. With they've had several webgens already this year. With Kane has been diving all over the place in center. Mustakas was the one yesterday into foul territory. Hosmer, even and yeah, even Hosmer that pick he had the other night on that throw from Escobar in a huge situation. I mean, yeah, it's it's a defense that should have five Gold Glovers this year. Easily, easily. All right, yeah. true or false? So far, we got two trues. Number three. Yordano Ventura will begin drinking more Gatorade and eating more bananas. Is that a true or a false? I, I would hope that that is true. Cause they <laughs> they got to do something about the cramp because he's going to keep he's got to stop scaring all of us first of all. But yeah, they need to get that. You know, we're not even into the heat yet. I mean, I, that worries me a little bit considering he's been you know cramping up. Maybe he's dehydrated. I don't know, but. Once we're gonna once we get into those dog days of July and August, I mean it's gonna be really hot out there, and it's you know we can't. It would be even at least these have been at the end of his starts. I mean, but think if he has to leave the game for a cramp, you know, in the second or third inning, that's mm-hmm. a little bit more problematic. So, I I think yes, definitely they are gonna be getting a lot of fluids on the days before and the day of his pitching from now on. <laughs> Yeah, so. you're right. I mean, that's the kind of thing, if it does happen in the second or the third inning, that's the kind of thing that costs you a bullpen for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you know, right. God forbid you have another game, an extra inning game around then or something. So that's definitely, uh, you know, something to keep your eye on. I agree with you. They've got to figure out a way to get that under control, you know, being serious about that. You know, we made that a funny question. But they're, they're, I mean, it's not a huge issue right mm-hmm. now, but it, like, like you said, that, that whole dog days of summer thing is definitely something. Uh, to keep your to keep your eye on. So another true or false. I'm thinking this one's probably a true also. True or false. This was the most impressive opening week in team history. I would say true. I mean, you could look back at 2003 when they opened whatever it was nine and zero, but that that team was not what this team is. This team that team was a little bit more of a fluke, definitely. And this this team is built for like a championship team, and they're playing. I mean, they. I don't know the intensity out there. They look like they're playing playoff games to me. I mean, it's it's weird. It's a regular season. The first six games, they're bringing that same intensity that they had in September and October. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, I think it's the most impressive start I can ever remember in my lifetime. And, yeah, I, I, there's just so 
few things you could even it's hard to even find something to be negative about with the team the way they played the first six games. There really yeah, you're so. right, there isn't. I mean and you mentioned two thousand three. <laughs> you think back to two thousand three, you know, all the different games. I talked to Desi Relford the other day and you know, there was a uh, I believe a one nothing game they won or a two to one game where he misplayed a ball. He was playing no doubles in right field. Somehow the ball still got over his head. He, you know, he says I messed it up big time, and then he guns out the Cleveland runner at third base, and the Royals win it on that play. Then you think about the Ken Harvey extra inning home run off of Matt Anderson on a Friday night at Kauffman Stadium, and you think about you know you know all the just all the different unlikely guys that were getting hits and even that whole summer I mean not just to start that summer but even thinking about pulling Jose Lima out of the independent league and Paul Abbott and Kevin Apier is throwing like 81 and winning against the the Yankees in August I mean so yeah I mean I, I agree with you though I mean not only was that whole year a fluke the start to that year was pretty fluky as well and yeah. I mean Jake we're just dominating teams right now yeah I mean there's you know barely been any you know close games the one with the White Sox and and the first night with the Angels but yeah, it's been just a, just absolute dominance by the Royals in these games and every aspect of the game. And so. the, the other good thing about that is, you know, on paper, according to the experts, well, first of all, the Royals aren't supposed to be very good according to the experts, which we, you and I have been kind of mocking and taking mm-hmm. personal all spring long and all winter long. But, I mean, these two teams they've beaten, I mean, the Angels, most have them winning that West. The White Sox, some have them, a few have them in first, more have them in second or third. But, you know, the White Sox are definitely, some people have them jumping to like, you know, 88, 92 wins somehow. You know, I think you and I, I, I picked them in third, you picked them in fourth, so we're kind of not buying in completely. Mm-hmm. We, we both think they're improved. But, I mean, so, but either way, though, the Royals have beaten – I mean, you would think two teams. You would still. I think the Angels probably are going to miss the playoffs. They'll, they'll finish over five hundred, obviously. But I think the White Sox mm-hmm. are probably right about a five hundred team this year. So I mean, it's still the teams they were facing too. I mean, Detroit took care of the Twins in three, and that leads us into our fifth question here. And then of course they swept Cleveland. The Cleveland series is a big, big response by Detroit, though. That to me was. The thing I took, mm-hmm. you know, the second thing I took the most this week was just how Detroit came out. You know, you and I were talking about all the injuries they've had, and they have. They've had a, a multitude of them. They had another one with their bullpen with Joe Nathan going down since we even did our preview. So, but uh, before we talk about our fifth thing, what what are your thoughts on Detroit? I think do, do we do we both still agree that it's still you know so early? We're not going to read too much into that. I mean, yeah, you would think just like with us that they can't keep up what they've been doing offensively. But if all those guys are healthy, they're probably going to keep continue to put up quite a few runs this year. It, it's just really going to – they haven't really played in like a close game yet either. It's, once they – they're not going to keep blowing everybody out. You know, I think it's just they're, they started off the year hot. They've been getting good starting pitching. They've been hitting the ball. Everyone in the lineup has been hitting the ball. Um, so I think it'll just – we'll find out more about them once they're playing in close games when they have to rely on their bullpen because they are going to start playing in those. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not reading too much into it. I, I mean, I think they're it's impressive, but but I think I think they'll come back down to earth a little bit here pretty soon. Agree, especially with the bullpen comment. We haven't really seen that weakness on display yet. And, and yes, and, and when, when we when we say that Detroit's had a fluky week, that's acknowledging the Royals aren't going to go six and zero and club nine home runs. But I don't know. I, I guess I haven't seen all the Tigers games. I've only seen them play once this year so far. But to me, there's nothing fluky about these Royals games. Now, they're, again, they're not going to go six and zero. They're not going to continue to hit home run every game and not make errors. There's going to be bad stretches. But overall, I think uh, I'm you know I'm very happy with the Royals are at obviously, and I'm sure Detroit is obviously as well. So leading into to our fifth true or false we're four for four on true so far jake the clubhouse conversation insider jake lutz the true or false five pack your fifth and final one for this week the royals will sweep the series in minnesota true or false hmm. you know well 
nothing that they have done so far has led me to believe that they're going to lose. And <laughs> so I'm going to go with true because wow. also we are playing we are playing the Twins this week, and you know I really like tomorrow's pitching matchup. I like Danny Duffy over Trevor May, and um, Wednesday Edinson Volquez versus Kyle Gibson could be a good one. But I I, I like our odds in that one too. Thursday is a little bit of a watch. Tommy Malone was really good in his uh, his first outing this year. If he actually pitches like he used to for the A's, I mean, I guess Minnesota could have something there. But with him and Vargas, that's the only game that maybe worries me a little bit. But I, I think if we, as long as we play our play our game, if we continue to have good at bats, good plate appearances, we have we're better than the Twins in every single area. You know, when you look at it, offensively, defensively better bullpen, better starting rotation. So there's, I, I think that they could very well sweep them. I'm going to say true. Wow. I'm, I'm going to – I'll answer my own question. I'm going to go false on this one. I think the Royals get two out of three. I think eventually they're going to have to come back down to earth a bit. But believe me, two out of three. I mean, a five-and-one road trip through the Angels and Twins, you take that every single time. And coming home <laughs> eight-and-one, can you imagine a sold-out crowd next Friday night, Billy Butler in town, coming home eight-and-one, what that electricity is going to be like there? But, I mean, I'm with you. Danny Duffy, I love him against May tomorrow. It's a season debut for May. Duffy, uh, how about this, Jake? Lifetime at Target Field is 3-0. and with a one three five, so I agree. Mm-hmm. I think the Royals do get to seven and zero. Volquez, like you mentioned, against Gibson. Uh, Gibson was lit up in his first start. Six runs on eight hits, five walks against yeah. the Tigers. But it seems like he does pitch well against the Royals. Last year we saw him twice. Mm-hmm. Seven shot in, you know, innings one time, July 29th, Seven innings, zero runs, seven Ks, and then April eleventh we saw him last year. One run on five hits and six and a third. So it kind of depends. You know which Gibson we get. I think the Royals probably get that one. I kind of agree with you. I think a nine and zero, or sorry, an eight and zero start maybe in the in the in the cards, and then the Royals maybe fall with that Malone against Vargas. But remember, there was a game last year uh, with Malone where we lit him up. There was the one where it was what an inning and a third, six earned runs yes. on four hits. But yeah, you remember that one when he first came over to the Twins? I do remember. Yeah, it was in Minnesota. I do remember watching that one. Yeah, we did light him up. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I don't know what to expect from him honestly this year. He was. He was very. I believe he went seven and two thirds in his first outing this year and was solid. So, but we'll see. Yeah, we have we had good success last year against them. Yeah, it was seven and two thirds shutout innings against Chicago. So, Jake, that's the Twin series. You know, we're not going to break down pitching for Oakland, but what are your general thoughts on the on this week? I guess we'll you know kind of previewing the whole week. We got three of them coming home against Oakland. I mean, you, you think it's a, it's a good chance we could go four and two, five and one this week? I think so. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked ahead to all the pitching matchups for the Oakland series, but I know we're facing Sonny Gray, I believe, Friday night, which is you know never easy. No, I think we're getting Casimir on Sunday too. So you know the A's have really good starting pitching, and that's that's going to be a tough series. I think if, you know if you can get two out of three from the A's, you're going to be feeling pretty good, even even though it's a home series. But I think with yeah, when you've got Minnesota for three on the road, three is home against the A's, and then three again on the road or at home. Against the Twins, I think you got to be feeling pretty good about your chances facing Minnesota six of the next nine days. Because I think, you know, I think you've got a pretty good chance you're going to go four and two or so against the Twins with a chance even maybe to grab another one or two against them. So, yeah, well, looking ahead, I mean, you got to you got to like even the way this whole entire month is going to shape up for the Royals. 
Yeah, I mean, and if they could get out to that nice start, just keep racking up those wins because there will be a point where the Royals go into a lull or have you know some brief injuries. Mm-hmm. I mean, one last question for you. It's way too early to be concerned. The only reason I bring this up is that based on how Ned Yost used Salvador Perez last year, I think everybody, including Ned Yost, would say he was overworked last year, overused. So not not just talking about Salvador Perez, but let's also keep in mind that Lorenzo Cain has fairly recent injury history as well. You know, you know, mm-hmm. before last year he was pretty much healthy. Last year before last year he could never stay healthy do we ever get concerned about not using guys especially with Infante's elbow bothering him and not playing real well and Salvi catching so much and he has to Ned's credit given Gordon some days off which I think is smart day game after night game do we have any concern about Dyson not giving Kane a day yet or Kratz not catching yet or Cologne getting in there or is it just too early to even worry about it we're playing so well you don't care about it yet I'm not worried about it yet I mean early in the season you know these there's more days off, which is nice. And I think as we get into, you know, where we're playing, you know, almost, you know, 28 days out of the month, or so we only get a day or two off. Once we get into the summer, I think you'll see more lineup changes, more of those Sunday lineups where you got Cologne at second base and Kratz at catcher and maybe Dyson in center. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about it. I mean, obviously you, you wor- may worry a little when Cologne or those guys haven't had an bad in two weeks, but I think this week you may finally see – I think Thursday's day game, I think that's finally we're going to see a few of these guys take the field and get their first starts. Cause, um, but I, I'm not too concerned about it at all. I think you got to like the way the lineup's looking right now. I think it also means that there's more confidence in Lorenzo Cain's health and that maybe he's not going to need as many days off this year as he did last year, which is a good thing. Yeah, definitely a good thing. And I guess one last thing we would be not doing our jobs, you know, is guys who cover the Royals and guys who love the Royals if we didn't, you know, give a tip of the cap to Paulo Orlando, a guy that, Jake, both you and I are a big fan of. He spent, you know, 10 years in minor league baseball, a thousand minor league games before he made it up. And I just, I went back and looked, Jake, and I, it didn't seem, I, I knew he'd been in the Royals system for a long time, but I didn't realize how long. Of course, he came over in that well publicized, you know, baseball tonight, did a whole half hour on that Horacio Ramirez deal for him straight up. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> Nobody ever talked about that trade. <laughs> yeah. The Royals finally officially won the controversial Horacio Ramirez trade. Jake, that trade was back in 2008. Can you believe we've had Paulo Orlando? That kid has been in Wilmington, Arkansas, and Omaha for the last, how many years is that? Seven, eight years now? He's been with the Royals since 2008, yeah. Jake. I mean, and how about how about him this week? I mean, it's you've got, you got to be happy for the guy. I mean, it was, it was awesome, and it's and he fits right in with the rest of this team. The way he's well, the way he's hit the ball so far, and the way he can run, and he looks, you know, he don't miss a beat with him out there in the outfield either. I mean, it's a great story, and it's it's great to have him on the roster. He looks he looks like he belongs here, looks you know, and it's great for a guy like him to get a chance to play on this team. And I just think he fits in really well, honestly, with the rest of the ball ball club. And I'm, you know, he's an easy guy to pull for. Yeah, and it's it's a thing, too. I mean, of course, he's the first big league player in history. First three hits are triples. I mean, what are the odds of that? I mean, obviously not good since it's never happened before. But the other thing is, the other thing since I think ahead about things is, I think originally Apollo was thought of as a guy that would stay up here until Hoach came up in late April, and he's got options, so he can go back down without a problem because Morales and Matson in the bullpen do not have options. Obviously, you can't send Kratz or Dyson or Cologne down. You need a backup infielder, backup catcher, and Dyson's got no options. So it's either Orlando or 
Morales or Matson that goes away when Hoach comes back. I mean, this is turning into a good problem, Jake. In a perfect world, and of course this probably won't happen, but in a perfect world, if the Royals would somehow stay healthy for the majority of the year, I mean, what do you do? You're going to have to ship somebody out you don't want to. Do you have, Do you send Orlando down if he continues to play this well and as fast as he is? He's also your only right-handed bat off the bench in the outfield. Do you get rid of Matson or Morales, who haven't had a chance to pitch much yet, who you're going to lose when you send them on waivers? You know, How about when Medlin comes back? Then what are they going to do? So it's a good problem to have isn't it when you think forward it is yeah and those, those will be some tough decisions i'm sure and we'll we'll find out more about what we get you know from madsen and morales over the next month or so and we'll we'll i guess deal with that problem once 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 it arises but it is, it's a good problem to have and uh yeah, it's gonna, there's gonna be some tough decisions there because we've got a lot of guys who can contribute to the team and and yeah that's it's, it's a good problem to have though i, I agree and Jake, we'll do some of these Sunday editions together where we talk minor leagues, triple A, double A. We'll, we'll break it down. Jake and I plan on making a couple minor league trips this year, so we'll have to do some in-depth stuff in the minor leagues. But that's another topic for a different day. But we've also got some exciting guys to talk about. Some of the guys aren't even in the top 15 prospect list. There's some guys in triple A and double A that are very intriguing that could make you know good late blooming major league players for the Royals or maybe useful trade pieces too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Excited to talk about them. Yeah, it's, it's the future. The future is looking bright. Yeah, the, the future is now, and it's in the future still. It, it's an exciting time to be a Royals fan. Jake Lutz, our clubhouse conversation insider. Thank you for joining us. We'll do it again this and every Sunday all year long, and we'll see if we can get you to say a false next week. You know, five for five on truths. I got to make these questions uh, stretch them a little bit more. We'll, we'll make you think a little bit more next week. How about that? <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> looking forward to it. All right, Jake. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks.